If you want to start monetizing your podcast, sign up for Podmetrics. Head to podmetrics.co and use the code THECREATORLIFE when you sign up. That's podmetrics.co and use the code THECREATORLIFE. The company Cebu has now moved to its new location in Cebu IT Park. It is now located at the 8th floor of the Mabuhay Tower. You can check out the awesome new space there or their Mandawe branch. You can also take advantage of their other spaces in Japan, Singapore, Bangkok, and Hawaii if you become a member. You can book a visit through bit.ly slash tccvisit and use the promo code GREATERLIFE50. That's bit.ly slash tccvisit with the promo code GREATERLIFE50. This lets them know that I sent you. For more info, check them out at thecompany.ph or through Facebook and Instagram at The Company Cebu. Thank you so much to The Company Cebu for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, I read your bio and then it said, I, I think it said in the last part, it's like BTS. Okay, I, I know, mm. I pretty much know what my first few topics are. <laughs> <laughs> It was actually a brand new bio. Uh, I decided to put them in when I released the latest book because I thought they deserved to be there just because they've inspired me so much for this book. Uh, it wouldn't have existed without them. So I thought they deserved to be there. Oh, good for them. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to touch on two small topics before we start with the main episode. First is the whole bts meal thing so mm. one did you try it and two uh what did you think about the whole you know bts meal thing in mcdonald's <laughs> yes i did try it i think it, i had a couple but the first one was just you know f- you know to take pictures with and stuff um the thing is i don't really eat chicken nuggets oh. so Ooh. it was it was a bit um disappointing when i found out that the meal is going to be chicken nuggets and just coke and I, I don't even drink soft drinks anymore. So that was another downer. I was hoping for a burger. And then they released that it. it's going to be this uh, chicken nugget set with like limited edition sauces. And um, the packaging was really cute. Um, that's why I think a lot of the armies are really um, into that because it's basically still BTS merch. Mm. And I wouldn't judge anyone on what they do with that because some have created different... Um, things with it some of they frame some it have, yeah they, they frame even... it they have phone cases and i mean i would do that if you know for concert tickets and stuff so um i used to do that before so i wouldn't really judge them because it's you know it's don't judge people's happiness no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Never. So, yeah and i think the whole collaboration is just really cute i mean i I was a fan of BTS before they went big. So around the time they were um, just starting out and I never thought they would become this big, this worldwide sensation. It just happened like out of nowhere. Um, they had good songs before, but and then all of a sudden people were starting to notice them. So having these collaborations with big brands is really amazing to see and you know to see just how far they've come. Yeah. I tried it a few times as well. More so for the like food sauces? than the more for more so for the food than the you know and the pictures because uh-huh. yeah uh, let's just say I know someone from McDonald's that would appreciate me posting about McDonald's stuff so mm-hmm. and that's one <laughs> thing so but it, the the sauces were good like I eat chicken mm-hmm. nuggets from time to time but it's not like 
oh my absolute favorite no it's yeah. just like yeah and yeah I, I think mcdonald's was just trying to you know partner with bts and you know to create this hype yeah. uh, around them but it's i mean it's just chicken nuggets <laughs> yeah and i mean i'm not sure if bts was able to do anything like they have any input on it i'm not really sure mm. we'll see well I don't know. We don't know. Maybe it's their favorite meal for real, or I don't know. I'm not army, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm army, and I'm not even sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like it reached a point where I think because in the US that's not available, like the bag yeah, and all the thing. Oh, I see. So though the 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 armies in the US are like, oh, what they get this packaging? So yeah, <laughs> I think they were. I'm not sure if there are any armies in the US who managed to get a hold of that. I don't know how that would happen because it's basically paper. <laughs> well, we don't know because I've been seeing the packaging on sale on Lazada and Shopee. So they might have, you know, bought it from an online store who's selling the packages. So yeah, it could have gotten there. <laughs> yeah, we never know. Okay, I think I have another topic here because... I think this just recently came out. It's the collab between B- Coldplay and BTS. It's called ah, My yes. Universe, the song. Mm-hmm. I listened to the song. It was like, it was okay. It's very Coldplay. It's, cold <laughs> I mean, it's very Coldplay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a bad Coldplay song out there. <laughs> there are... At least personally. All right. I, I like the, their songs. Yeah. All right. I was thinking of the wrong band. The the hated <laughs> one was Nickelback, not Coldplay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think they reached number one just today. They the top for the Hot 100 on Billboard. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. though. It's Coldplay and BTS. So I know, right? <laughs> when I found out that they were collaborating, I was like, "Wow, they've reached another level. They just keep getting better and better." Yeah. <laughs> I th- I like the song though. I mean. It's poppy. It's something you would listen to if you're working out. And um, there's a lyric there because I always look for the lyrics um, in BTS songs. Mm. And there's a there's a line there that says, "We are made of each other instead of for each other." And I think that's a that's a really romantic line. It it brings a whole new meaning to it. You know, like your partner is not made for you, but they're actually a part of you. And I think that's really beautiful. <laughs> can't yeah. believe we connected that to the, the our topics later but okay <laughs> i think that's just me be- being a romance uh, romance author so <laughs> well yeah it's that's part of it so, last before we start what do you think of like the recent bts songs you know they're mostly getting in english songs now not really you know what made them famous so what do you think of that I mean, it's a BTS song still, so I can still see that it's their lyrics. Um, the the tunes may be not as uh, similar to how their tunes sounded back then because it has a more Western take to it, but it's something that I've listened to before, so it's not really that different, but the lyrics are still there. And um, it's funny because when uh, earlier on, uh, back in like 20. 
14, 15, we've always wanted them to sing in English. But, you know, they're Korean artists, so you can't expect them to sing English songs. And um, now they're singing English all the time. So I'm not sure how to feel about that because, like, the, the past me is kind of jealous that, you know, I get to hear this now. Um, but, yeah, it's really amazing to see how far they've come, that they actually reached that point that they would be known worldwide. I mean, before I would mention BTS and nobody blinks an eye, like nobody knows them. And now I go to the, like I walk the streets and see all of these, these fake merchandise in the markets, <laughs> all these people wearing BTS shirts. Um, I'm not even sure if they're sure if it's a B, if they know it's a BTS shirt with their logos on it. So it's really funny that, you know, all of a sudden everyone knows them. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you go mainstream. Yeah. Things like that. Fake merch. Um, that's just part of it. <laughs> it's, the whole, it's the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a bad thing to be mainstream. I mean, they've had their chance of not being mainstream and releasing all of these um, different songs and, you know, interesting music. Um, but now they're touching into the mainstream music, which only, you know, made them even bigger and made them even more popular. And I think that's really one of their goals as artists is, you know, touch more lives, uh, have more people listen to their music. And they're doing that. So as an old army, I call we call ourselves like the Tita armies. We're happy for them, whatever they do. <laughs> wow. There, there are now sub-factions apparently in the army. But okay. I mean, there's what, bound to be. <laughs> yeah. What do I know? <laughs> okay. Enough about that. Let's get that. That's why I... That's why I wanted to start with it so that we can get that out of the way who knows it might pop up in the episode so okay let's begin in three two one go Welcome to The Creator Life with Julian CB. That's me. It's a podcast that makes sense of how different people live their lives as creators. Main episodes come out on Fridays and Creative Tidbits episodes pop up on Wednesdays. Follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. If you are on Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and review on this podcast really helps me out. Here's the episode. Hello again. This is Bookshelf Conversations. It's a series in partnership with Bookshelf PH featuring different authors. And I've had a lot of fun talking to different kinds of people from people who know e-commerce to someone who basically came out of the closet and then someone who's into comics. My guest for this episode is the international and best-selling author of Chasing Sunsets and Laws of Motion and Attraction, I have Kay Allen. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey to everyone listening. Thanks for having me tonight, Julian. Earlier, we were talking about BTS, and it's a good thing I got that out of the way. Otherwise, you would be just talking about BTS the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) It was a fun way to start. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. First up, what made you start Wanting to write books. I've heard other stories like they love to draw, to they want to become an animator but they can't. 
or they just don't want to. They just want to draw comics to wanting to share their experiences. So what's your inspiration to start writing books? I mean, a lot of people, like you've mentioned, they've started like really young. So they've had this dream of becoming whoever they want to be now. And for me, it was funny because I got into the train a bit late. It was around high school when I got into um, reading books. So um, before then, I wanted to become a singer. I wanted to do Broadway because musical theater was like my life. And um, I grew up in a very musically inclined family. We all sing, all of my siblings <laughs> and my parents. So um, it was the thing that I thought I was going to do in the future. But back in high school, I... I read a book, uh, I still remember, it's um, The Little White Horse by Elizabeth Gouch, and um, it changed my life, uh, my views on reading particularly, because I never thought of reading as something you do recreationally. So um, when I started that, um, I got into like buying and reading books and just reading whatever I can, and most of them were um, either children's fantasy or um, young adult books. and. Um, um, through that, I started creating um, short stories. Um, I also created like book clubs on Facebook. Uh, I was a big fan of the Percy Jackson series, if you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. um, it's I'm a big Greek mythology geek, uh, geek so um, it wasn't a surprise that I was a big fan of that series. And I created this uh, book club on Facebook, and we were like the biggest in the Philippines then. And um, afterwards, uh, I dabbed into fan fiction. So I wrote my first fan fiction for the Percy Jackson series. And um, that's when I realized that it was actually really fun to write, to create these stories. And um, I kept doing that in high school. And um, come college, um, so we were taking the exams to, you know, we were, so I had to, I had to know what I wanted to do. Do I want to take up music or literature? So I ended up actually taking communications because it touched on like kind of all the things that I'm skilled in. So if I'm good at singing, I'm also good at hosting. So the communication um, department was like the total fit for me because we also touched on writing and um, not only creatively, but also for TV and radio. So that's what I chose to do in college. And, um, but I still focus more on writing as I, created a blog and that's when I started writing more fan fictions and short stories on that blog um, and that basically kick-started my career in writing oh that's cool so when did you first realize you had to write your own book fan fiction is one thing but then like writing your own book with your own stories and your own characters and everything you have to consider in between so what was that turning point where just from writing fanfic going to writing basically? I think books it was now? um it was in the during the time I was uh, writing on my blog. I was writing these fanfics and more people were coming in and reading my stuff and commenting. And there was a comment that said, um, are you a published author? Are you going to release a book? Because your writing is definitely better than most fanfic writers out there like it doesn't read like a fanfic so it reads something like you would see in a bookstore and i think that was the turning point that i started um considering uh writing my own and i think in the process of writing fan fiction you start to stray away 
from those um, from the original tale and you create your own, you create new characters and you put them into. So it's kind of like a practice for me, um, writing all those fan fictions. And um, some of the things that I published today started out as fan fictions and then I redeveloped them into original fiction. So yeah, I think that was a turning point when, I, when people started noticing that I could write uh, an original book. That's awesome. I think I tried at one point, but I think I realized, okay, this is not for me. I shouldn't be writing about like random stories <laughs> about certain people. It's it's not for me. <laughs> I I would much I would much want to write about like news and stuff like that of the things I cover rather than you know creating stories. I, I guess it's, there's different types of writers as well. Um, I tried writing. I did news as well, but it, I don't think it was for me. So during my day job, most of the writing jobs I did are for articles for entertainment or lifestyle. So those are the things that I enjoy writing more apart from the fiction stuff. You know, where you can stretch your creative juices because you know it's entertainment yeah. it's lifestyle you can basically you know yeah. cover pretty much a wider spectrum of topics rather like you know let's say for example for me besides doing this podcast i actually write for a tech blog and so there, it's very niche down it's very specific it's about certain stuff that i want to cover and not really like Oh, I want to write about the BTS meal that came out in McDonald's. See, I, I, see, I was the one who brought it up. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's really cool how there are different types of writers. I mean, I can't be a tech writer um, because I don't think I, I just don't think I can do that. <laughs> I I don't have the capacity to write those types of articles. So it's really fascinating how it's diff all different. Each writer has has his or her own specific set of skills yeah i mean songwriters are writers as well i tried songwriting i'm not sure if i'm good at it because it doesn't sound like a hit to me when i listen to it so i guess that's not for me so i stopped and then just moved on to writing books speaking of writing books i see i see one in the background there ah so, yes <laughs> yeah nice one so yeah we're gonna talk about loss of motion and attraction now what inspired you to write that book specifically? Like I, I read the, I read the, the short, you know, the info of the book, and it's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> like I just, I, I, I read the start, and it's like, okay, this is, this seems normal, this seems normal, <laughs> and then okay, okay, there's a plot twist. Mm, yeah. So actually, loss of motion and attraction started out as a fanfic. Um, it was written way back in 2015. And it was my most popular book then. And it was only about two years or a year and a half ago when I decided to revamp it as a fiction book because a lot of my readers were telling me that I should release it, that it deserves to have a physical copy. And um, so I, I said, what the heck? Uh, I need to release something next year anyway, so why not you know, edit this? So it's actually quite different from the original one, uh, the original fanfic version because I changed the ending. I also changed a lot of um, dialogues and narrations because um, my writing now is very different from my writing back in 2015. So I was able to patch up all the plot holes and the things that aren't very relevant today or things that might get me in trouble. So I had to revamp all that um, and you know create this uh, new book. So it's basically a new book. 
And um, another inspiration for it was, since it was a fanfic, was one of the singles of BTS um, in 2015. So we go back it. to BTS again. <laughs> um, it was uh, Dope. If, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar uh, with that song. I um, think I might have heard someone tell me about that song, but okay. Yeah. No. So if you check out their video, they are dressed in like different professions. Like one is a policeman, the other is a doctor. So during that time, the fandom was in a craze, and they were saying that what if um, Jungkook is a is a is a physician, or what if V is a professor? So that's when uh, I got I got hit by the idea that okay, let's write a fan fiction where V is a is a professor in a college university. And um, I just wrote it for fun because um, I was also um, trying to find like a new topic to write about. And I wrote it for fun. It was one chapter, I put it up. And then um, I was so surprised by the response because I usually get like 10 to 50 likes whenever I post like a chapter, but this went on for the hundreds. It was being reblogged. It was being talked about on Tumblr. And I was so surprised by the, yeah, by the response of the readers. So I thought, oh, this is this is going to be different. Uh, and then it was supposed to be a three-part story, but I kept on extending it because of how excited and, you know, invested the fans were. So the story um, became longer and longer until there was like 14 chapters. And um, um, right now the book is at, I think, 90K words oh so it was, it was a very long book and a lot of things happen a lot of plot twists somewhere there in the middle so um i have no regrets i was so happy with how this book turned out and how um because i got plus i got to see how the readers get invested in something that i've written which really gave me the confidence to you know push my writing out there to publish books and it was one of the best experiences i've had you know just releasing that chapter per chapter every week and really receiving all these messages so we want the next chapter and all that so it was a it was a whirlwind um it was a, i think around a month when i finished um the book so it was the fastest book i've written the longest one uh, during that time and yeah the most successful one so um yeah loma is very close and special to my heart uh since it's the first one that really um, became popular. So. Yeah, I think it kind of makes sense if uh, if that demand is there to make mm -hmm. it a book. And yeah. I noticed in how you're talking about it, like the differences between how you wrote it back then and then how mm -hmm. basically now when releasing the book itself, like. What what is the difference between just releasing it as chapters versus putting it out now as 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 its whole thing? Because I don't think you when you started it you thought that it would be one whole thing, yeah. and so yeah. I think that that's what I think that's the reason why you saw the need to edit some things around. Mm -mm. Yes, because when I was writing it, I wasn't plotting it. So oh, sorry, I was plotting it as I go. So I wasn't seeing the whole picture. Unlike now, when I started editing, I wrote an outline just to see what happens in the chapter. And then I saw that there are some stuff that can be removed or the book can do without or things that I should have put there, like thoughts of the, the main character or um, is she being too sweet or is he being too, you know, stuff like that. Because I also had to write it um, 
in, in such a way that it doesn't offend anyone, especially now in our society today, readers are much more critical. So you have to be careful of what you write as well. So I wanted to make sure that the guy is not doing something offensive to the girl or that their relationship is not something that should be, you know, what would they call unhealthy? So yeah, I had to consider a lot of things when I was um, writing this book, which is also fun because I get to revisit these characters that uh, grown very close to me because you know with writers we treat our characters as our friends that that sounds kind of sad you know like i don't have friends outside <laughs> but <laughs> but it's the truth they're like our babies and you mm. know we've created them um like out of our heads and they they seem real to us so we also have to make sure that they think the way a person would really think that what because that's what's going to make them relatable to the readers I mean, to be fair, any kind of romance or love is basically relatable from the get-go. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess. Yeah, I guess the genre is a giveaway as well that it is relatable. But not a lot of not all romance books can you know hit the spot. So I I, I also I also think it depends on the person who's reading it because some some readers um, came up to me and told me about Loma and said that they've experienced this in real life. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But to some, they think it's a bit far-fetched. Like that can happen with my professor and stuff. So I don't know. So <laughs> it, it really depends on the experience of the person and how they relate to it. You know, there are like 7 billion people in the world. You would think at least one person would experience a certain yeah. aspect of the book. So like, yeah. you know, it's just different difference in experiences. A lot of people are experiencing not only just the main plot, but also like different scenes. Because um, I don't just write about the romance. It doesn't just revolve around the two people. So there are relationships outside that relationship. So there are friends and things that, you know, they've gone through together. And I think it's really more special to me when people come up and say that, oh, my friends and I did that as well. So it's really fun to... Um, be able to tap into that experience and to have them read about it and because they 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 will be reliving that in their heads and I think that that makes them happy when they read about it or sad sometimes so yeah it's I love it when the book really touches a person so that's really my goal as an author like you can't have romance in every single page to be honest because yeah it's not special anymore mm-hmm. like yeah. It's going That's to get why, boring. <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't want it to be like all exciting, exciting. It's like it's like an action movie that's just full of action. Yeah. So that means it's like, okay, there's no downtime, so the viewers will be exhausted mm-hmm. just watching yeah. all the action. Exactly. I mean that's what supporting characters are there for, you know, so that we can have a break from what the main characters are doing. I noticed something again that when you talked about the book, it kind of sounds like a teleserie in a in mm. a TV. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that way. Has anyone approached you or talked to you that it kind of sounds like that or something? I think all books are kind of like soap operas or like romance books, at least. I mean, 
why, why do you think books get adapted into films or TV shows? Because it's so easy to do. We just have to chuck off a bit of the narration and then put more dialogue and put the actors in and voila, it's a teleserie or it's, in a, it's an opera, it's a drama. And with Loma, I made it into a romance drama because uh, to be honest, those are the types that I like the most for romance. I don't really like the contemporary poppy, like fun romance, because I think that's kind of boring. I like a lot of drama in it. So I like a lot of conflict. So that's what I made Loma all about. Like, we can't all be happy all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not life. That's unrealistic. Yeah. That's why mm -hmm. I find it funny that like we see social media as something like, oh, we see all the happy stuff in a person's life and not the bad stuff or the sad stuff or like yeah i mean because people won't post bad stuff on social media I, I i see social media as like the edited part of someone's life so i mean people shouldn't like take it seriously to see that oh this person is always so successful and all that so i mean um i think that's why a lot of people get depressed as well when they go on social media and see all their friends um, achieving all of these things and I, I just want to tell all those people out there that it's not real I mean their success is real but it's not like it's it's not happening 24 7 so they're also going through their own stuff in life so um, we're all on the same race here <laughs> so I always hear this you know this eternal question of when a book gets adapted into a film or a show and then like when they see the movie or the show then they will say oh it sucks the book is better so <laughs> I <laughs> what think are your thoughts on like that it's like I, I feel like it's more of a depends on the person's experience again because yeah what they imagine about let's say a book Mm -hmm. It might be yeah. different for others. And so, you know. I think the book fans forget that whenever a book is adapted into film or TV, it gets handed to a different author. So a different writer, a different the director um, is also different. So unless the the author herself or himself is also directing or producing the film, then you will see that there isn't that much changes because the author will definitely stick to what they've written but if you hand it over like solely to a different director or producer then there's definitely going to be changes because they see the book differently and they want to execute this in a way that they think should have should be executed and I think um, I don't really get that disappointed when like a book is so different like for example the Percy Jackson books mm. I mean the first film is so different um, because first of all Percy wasn't 12 in that movie he was like what 16 um he was in high school so there was a big difference already and the whole plot was basically changed and um but i still think it's a good movie because if i watched that without the knowledge of the books i would have loved it because it's similar to like the harry potter books as well so um i think it's really a matter of accepting that art is different for each and every one of us and we should just appreciate how they execute the film or the tv show i think the last set of movies i watched that were adapted from books is like mm -hmm. i think it was hunger games mm -hmm. and i wasn't sure why i don't know i think the trend of like having the last book be two parts is uh, uh 
I don't know why. Oh, it, it, that was the trend then, right? It's, yeah. I think it started with like Harry Potter, Twilight, and Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter did it for it's like Deathly Hallows Part One and Two. I but think I'm... I think Harry Potter was reasonable because Deathly Hallows was really a long. Oh yeah, story. I saw. I saw. I saw. I saw how thick the book was. And yeah, it's like, okay. it was a really long story. So I was like, okay, I guess they had to cut it into two parts. Uh, as for Breaking Dawn, I thought they could have fit it like in one movie. To be honest, because <laughs> I read the books, and I'm not, and I'm not ashamed to say that I actually liked the books. They were I mean, actually really fine. good. They're good, yeah. they're good books. Yeah, I mean, they're romance, and then there's a hot guy in it, and there's you know, a werewolf and a vampire. Okay, fine. Yeah. Go. So it was a it was a fun read, but I really thought they could have just um, stuck to just one movie with Breaking Dawn. I mean, the first one was. why yeah why like i think i think it 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 all circled around money because otherwise Mm. like you know yeah everyone's doing it more money twilight was doing it hunger games was doing it it's like divergent did it yeah they did that too but part two of the third movie didn't come out did it come out i am not sure if they actually pushed through with that i think because the third one was uh I think they pushed through with the three-part thing, but the third movie was a flop. So I'm not sure if they pursued the second part of that third movie. I didn't. I didn't. Because I care. hated the ending. I, hated I didn't care ending. about the Divergent series because the movies made it look like another version of Hunger Games with different yeah. abilities and stuff. And so it was the trend back then, yeah. I guess. Um, people were um, during that time. YA the young craze. adult genre was yeah. Uh, yeah, it was developing during that time. So uh, I guess a lot of the young adults liked that stuff. <laughs> so people were creating more and more stories like that. When Twilight came out, there were a lot of vampire books before. There was also like a phase when all the vampire authors were diaries, releasing vampire books. Yeah. What else? <laughs> um, there's the Vampire Academy and there are there are others. <laughs> there are a yeah, lot. There are a lot. So, and then there was also a phase for Fallen Angels. Yeah, so I was, since I was a reader then, I was following all these phases. So um, I saw that there was a time where it was all just Fallen Angel books. Yeah. It's, just, it's just like why, it's like all YA books for like how many years? Yeah, until now actually, it's still well, pretty yeah, popular. But like, you know, it's not but, as, I don't know if yeah, it's but, as prevalent, you know. I still read a lot of YA now and I think they've evolved because most of the characters are very mature now for a YA character. Uh, so I'm not sure if they're like borderline adult fiction now. So <laughs> yeah, because the, the most of the stuff that I'm reading, I was like, are teenagers reading this? Because <laughs> it's pretty mature for, you know, I mean, the, the, like the, the explicit scenes are still closed doors, but the, the theme itself, it's very mature now. So I guess, Young adults are smarter now, or they're more mature. Uh, so that's why it's like that. <laughs> I have a, I have kind of a conspiracy theory. What if they're mm-hmm. making it more mature because the target audience that was reading YA books back then are still the same people oh. reading YA books now? I don't know. Yeah, I can't say that can be. It's yeah. possible because I don't know. I mean, I'm an were... example. Yeah, I'm an example. So maybe that's why I still read YA because. Um, I still relate to it because the characters are like my age sometimes. They act my age. So yeah, that that, that can be a, um, a reason for that. Yeah, I never thought about that first. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's very possible that the actual teenagers 
don't read a lot of YA anymore. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's that that's the generation that they're going through. Like they'd rather watch TikTok. Yeah, but I guess or... that brings us to the question: Are the teenagers actually reading still? <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned TikTok. Are they all there now? <laughs> yeah, like especially now in the age of the pandemic, where we're basically. Looking at screens all the time, so yeah, those people might wanna you know look at something that's not something a else. screen. <laughs> I'm not sure if there are like we're seeing like relationships that are you know that are younger than what we're accustomed to now, like they're like they're still like what 13, 14. I'm not sure if that's like what are your thoughts on. <laughs> Relationships starting at at that very young age, like you know, in my perspective, because who knows, their perspective may be different. Um, you've mentioned that in their perspective, it might be different. Yeah. So you know, I can't really speak for them as one of my beliefs. Um, and let me quote Jane Austen here, who's one of my favorite authors. I mean, you must be the best judge of your own happiness. So I'm not here to judge any one of their romantic pursuits, and I think love in whatever form or time it happens is, you know, beautiful. I mean, there's a quote in one of my books. Uh, it was my second book, Falling, Falling, where I said, uh, young love is reckless, but is the purest of its, its kind. Um, I said that simply because I think when young people love, they love with everything they have, like they have nothing to lose. And I think that's really beautiful and poetic. And um, yeah, I see that a lot of, um, a lot of young people are getting into relationships now. And um, although we can't deny that there's, you know, there's not a lot of young couples who last very long. Um, I'm not saying all of them. It's just that majority, we see that they don't even last a year or like relationships that last like a few months. And I think the reason behind that is people often commit to a relationship without fully knowing themselves first. Um, back in back when I was still studying, a teacher of mine once mentioned that if, before you get into a relationship, you have to make sure that you love yourself first. So you think of yourself as like a cup, and you know love is the water. So you have to fill yourself up, and then when it overflows, that's when you can start, you know, giving yourself to others. And I think that makes sense because if a relationship, you know, calls it quits, then um, you'll be assured that you won't be like destroyed in the end or it won't leave you hollow or empty. Um, I don't know. That's just, I think that's a great, uh, that's a great, um, um, what do you call this? Um, a great way to explain um, how you should be loving yourself first before you love someone else. Uh, also, I think um, society looks down on the young generation, you know, being together so at so, so young of an age because they think that when you get into a relationship, you have to be at least, you know, wise. And um, society views wisdom as something that comes with age. So, which is not altogether wrong. I mean, the more experience you have, the more obstacles you overcome, you get wiser. So, which is why, um, and make you know, which is why in making difficult decisions, for example, signing a very important book contract, um, if you're a minor, you need a guardian to assist you. So I think it's kind of the same with in entering relationships. Um, I think my only advice for these young people is that you know, before you commit, you, you make sure you know yourself well first, because I mean, you're the one who's going to get hurt in the end if 
you just dive into it because you're pressured by your friends because they're all dating or or that um, you feel like you're getting left behind and all that stuff so or you feel insecure i mean your partner is not there to complete you or to make you feel less insecure so it that's your job so that's my advice for the young people out there just you know just don't use your partners to you know to make yourself uh, to make yourself love yourself more if, if you know what i mean yeah like I've been in a relationship already, and like I realize a lot of things mm-hmm. after that, and it's like, yeah, you can't say you complete me or like I'm all out of love, I'm so lost without you, kind of yeah. lines because like I think that was in a mindset before our time, like now, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can't really equate that, and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah, I mean, and I would, you know. Going back to like the books, um, mm. if you've read romances before, it's all about the partner or like the prince charming completing the princess. And but now we are seeing a lot of um, stronger characters, and I think that's a good sign that people are learning and people are becoming more mature in viewing um, committing to a relationship. So yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I see some examples where like okay, they don't like commitment or something like that. So I don't know. You know, life's <laughs> yeah. really all about experiences and, you know, <laughs> 7 billion people in the world kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess we can call it there because I think mm-hmm. we've, we we talked about a lot for like, okay, this is my outline. This is what I was putting. And then... Oh, okay. We talked about a lot that I don't really need to tackle this and this. Well, the BTS was like, okay, I have to put this because this is mandatory in a way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's part of the book. (laughs) Yeah, like what you explained earlier, the inspiration was BTS. So, okay, Mm -hmm. it kind of made sense. Like, I, 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 I didn't think that it would actually relate as much as it did but it did and i'm happy i thought of that (laughs) (laughs) it's a good conversation yeah you know bts being so popular and you know they have a lot of things going on yeah yeah so yeah i think that's it thank you so much Kay, for being in this episode of the creator life podcast uh if you want to plug your book again then go plug the book okay um so thank you so much for having me again for those who want to purchase my books you can get them at bookshelf ph on their official website um but all my all my books are available there so you'll find um, loss of motion and attraction which we talked about tonight as well as my earlier titles which are words fate and accidents falling falling and chasing sunsets so grab your copies now on bookshelf ph I didn't want to choose falling, falling because I might make the joke that you're not actually falling because <laughs> in our, like, I think in our culture here in Cebu, it's like, okay, when you repeat a word, that means you're not actually doing the action that is said, like falling, oh. falling. So you're not actually falling. Well, that's kind of funny because the book is actually not just about falling in love, but also about falling out of love. So I guess um, that's the reason why I made it into a uh, a repeated word, falling, falling, just to say that it's both about falling in and out of love. 
that that makes more sense now. It's like, okay, why is this falling, falling? Like, but my context was very different, and so uh. I thank you for the clarification. I am I am now I have now understood what that meant. <laughs> okay, it's my turn to plug. Podcast updates and behind the scenes are on social media. That's Creator Life Pod, Creator Life Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also follow me personally on social media and see me find the next BTS meal. Although that won't pop up for a while, like a themed meal. I'll probably just stick with my Twister fries until then. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, that's J U L I A N S I B I. Until the next one, enjoy your tech, enjoy your coffee, enjoy life, and stay safe, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone.